Welcome to Carpe Dime, a podcast about personal finance and everyday life. I'm Jamie Davidson. And I'm Nicole Jackson from Financial Center First Credit Union. Thanks for spending your free time listening to us talk about how life and family affects us achieving our financial goals. Today, we are going to talk about student loans and share tips on how to create a plan to tackle student debt. Yeah, Nicole, can you believe it's already time for the second semester? It's it's, it's time. It's and flying by. It's flown by, right? It's a... Uh, that doesn't feel like it. I know, it's crazy. I feel like August was just yesterday. Second semester is busy for everyone, especially students graduating in the spring. Yeah, I'm sure the stress for those students is building up. You know, they've got to find that perfect job, and planning those next steps in life can be very stressful and very scary. Definitely. I remember all those steps after graduating, finding a job, figuring out the next steps, where I'm moving to, evaluating finances. I mean, it's a lot to think about. Yeah, you much you did a much better job than I did. I got out of school and I'm like, okay, I've got a degree now. What? So I, I had to, it took me a while to figure it out. And that's where we come into play. So if you or someone you know is approaching graduation, like my oldest daughter is, uh, it's time to listen up. So this one's going out to my oldest daughter and everybody else like her and her friends. Oh, that's sweet. We got some facts to share today, don't we? Yeah, it's, it yeah, is sweet. It's kind of scary. I, I think she looks scared. Go ahead. She will. Um, <laughs> well, according to Forbes, the latest student loan debt statistics show that there are more than 45 million borrowers who collectively owe nearly $1.7 trillion in student loan debt in the United States. Student loan debt is now the second highest consumer debt category. Wow. I know. Can you believe it? It's second only to mortgage debt, and it's higher than debt for both credit cards and auto loans. That's that's amazing. I mean, because you look at mortgage debt, and it's an asset. And I and I get education is an asset as well. But I go back up here and I look at these numbers: forty-five million borrowers, but they owe one point seven trillion. trillion. That's well, that's money. I mean, that's you look at that, and that's that's staggering. It's um, it's it's actually crippling. And what we're seeing is it's 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 affecting people's lives, and that's what we're going to talk about today: finding ways to maybe deal with that. Right. That's why it's important to be realistic um, when you're creating your plan to pay off your student debt, because it may seem almost impossible and really far away to pay off your student loan. But hear us out: you can do it. Exactly. It's not a magic trick, and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you didn't get the debt overnight, right? No, maybe four years. <laughs> yeah, or longer. Uh, but you know, setting up that plan now and sticking to it will help you pay off your debt faster, and it'll get you moving on with the rest of your life and do those things you really want to do. Exactly. So, I think we've got eight important steps that eight, you can take eight. after graduation. That's my favorite number. I love it. Eight. Yeah, is it a magic number? It's well, they they call it the magic number. I mean, I, for me, I think it's because I was born on the eighth. Of the eighth month, so. Oh, that's special. Yeah, I am special. Didn't you know that? Uh, uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so step number one is a simple but a crucial step. Okay. And it kind of applies not only just to student debt, but, you know, always moving forward. Make sure that wherever you go, you are updating your contact information. Right. Yeah. It's uh, very important, right? You want to, yeah. when we talk about contact information nowadays, what are we talking about? We're talking about email addresses. So if you're going to stop using your school email address and using a personal one, we're talking about um, moving to a different city and state. So your mailing address, phone numbers. Right. Your phone number. It was funny. I was looking at some of my information a couple weeks ago and I saw phone numbers on there and I'm like, I don't know when I last had those numbers. I think it was my house phone. Which 
I haven't had a house phone in over 10 years. I, a lot of people don't anymore. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, yeah, even though you have a new address, you're still responsible for paying off your loans, whether or not you get that statement in the mail. <laughs> Surprisingly <laughs> enough, they still want paid. Um, it's funny that you say that because you don't know how many people I, I talk to when I help with their counseling, and they're like, well, I didn't get the bill, therefore I'm not responsible for it. It's yeah, that's like, not how it works. Yeah, just because you moved and you didn't update your information, you're still responsible for it. Yeah, you signed the paper. Right, so yeah, you got to make sure you update that, which we're talking about second semester starting in school, so we're really talking about January. So anybody out there that's listening to this, whether you're a student or not, January is a perfect time to go and actually look at all of your, uh, look at updating all your contact information. Yeah, across accounts, not even just checking savings, but your utilities, your credit cards, anything. Everything. Yeah, so, and when you can, you might even consider switching to paperless invoices so that they come to your email because, let's face it, you're less likely to change your email address than you are like your zip code. Right. I think nowadays the two things that people don't ever want to change are their email addresses and their cell phones, right? Right, yeah. Cell phone numbers. Absolutely. So everybody wants to take those with them. And another little tip that kind of goes along with this is maybe when you update your contact information that you include a permanent address, maybe like a parent as a backup, someone that's always going to know how to get a hold of you. That way they can help you receive your information in a timely manner and keep you on track for paying off. Yeah. Yeah, mom and dad are gonna say, "Hey, I got your, I got your pill. When are you gonna pay it?" Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not mine anymore. It's right, yours. It's yours. All right. So step two is verify your deferment date. So basically, what this is is most student loans types after you graduate, you usually have a six month grace period. Okay, okay. So that's what deferment is, right? So deferment is, yeah, you've got that time in between when school's over to when you start paying on it. Now, as you have that loan, you can actually defer it different times throughout it. But what you need to make sure you're doing is you're aware of when that deferment ends Mm -hmm. and also aware that that interest is actually going to accrue during that deferment. Right, because interest accrues whether or not you're paying, right? Well, that that takes us back to our $1.7 trillion for 45 million people. That's a lot of interest, yes? Right. So, uh, you know, this is where you need to get settled in. So the first six months out of school, you know, you're getting your new apartment, you're getting your new job. Mm -hmm. It's time to start thinking about what you're going to do when it comes to your education loans. Uh, Now, one thing I recommend you do that's not part of these steps is if you can start paying on them early while you're in college and getting in that habit, that's a great thing to do. Right. So then how, how would you get your deferment date then, like to know when you would start paying? Well, you can contact your your loan company, whoever that's with, oh, okay. and they do send out they do send out annual statements. Oh, they, so that's gonna be going to whatever. Yeah, so many people, <laughs> so many. Yeah, that's why it's so important to have your contact information correct, right? Right. Uh, so yes, the example is every year you're gonna get see how, what your loans are. Most of us get them and go, okay, yeah, and throw them in a pile, uh, or yeah, I don't or comes it. our email and we're like, yeah, okay. Well, now it's time to start actually looking at that because okay. you're you're no longer a deferment. Uh, you're you're going to be expected to start paying on that. And a lot of times it's a pretty, it can be a big bill depending on how much you borrowed, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you've got that deferment. So the, the way to possibly, if, you, if you're having trouble with that, is you might want to contact them. Yeah, give them a call and find out um, at your loan company when your deferment date is going to end. Yeah, and I think this goes back to the whole idea that it's your responsibility. Like when we talked about step one of doing the address change, it's the same here, finding out when your deferment date is and when it's up. Right. Being, oh, I didn't know, doesn't work anymore, guys. Sorry. Yeah, they're not nearly as forgiving as professors are in giving extensions on due dates and things like that. That's true. Once you get that date, you probably want to jot it down on your calendar. So we'll go into step three. 
um, you want to make sure that you're paying more than the minimum payment. And I'm sure everybody's heard this before. If you're not paying more than the minimum payment, you're not getting anywhere fast. Right. Um, right? I mean, you may not even ha- be making any progress with the interest that accrues, as you mentioned earlier. Like, you're making these small payments and interest accrues every time you make that payment. And you're noticing less and less is even going on your loan, which is yeah, so very you, frustrating. You want to do this because you're going to tack that loan at a qu- quicker rate. Okay. Right. And back to what I said originally, if you can pay during school, that helps because interest can be accruing on, depending on the loan. Uh, where we are right now in our society, actually all education loans have been deferred now for about the last 22 months, but starting at the end of February, we've got to start buy, paying on them again, not buying, but paying on them again. And what I try to do with the education loans that we have was pay on it the whole time because I was only paying on the principal with no interest. But interest is going to start kicking back up again. So, uh, yeah, try to try to pay it when you you know as quick as you can, as much as you can, because interest does pile up. And you can make payments during deferral. You can. Cool. So step four. Um, yeah, step four. Make some financial sacrifices. So. You know, you've been in college, you've been having some fun, you've been getting your oatmeal lattes, uh, you know, your avocado toast, and I'm making fun because my daughter has those things. Um, but once you get out and you have your apartment and you have your new job and now you've got your education loans, your health care costs, uh, you know, it might be time to look at some of those things that you think are the norm and realize maybe a $7 oat milk latte every week or every day is really not... You know, it's not going to get you where you want to go, right? Right. Uh, so you got to find some creative ways to save. But it starts with you making some of those sacrifices for long-term gains. Right. Yeah, Jamie, that's a great idea. I mean, there are so many ways you can think about cutting out your costs. You can go out to fewer movies, get fewer drinks, maybe even look into getting a roommate, which... Ooh, roommates. Those are always fun. Yeah, because your roommate, you know, they would not only split the cost of your housing, but... You know your utilities. Which or you, you you could be you know probably like my kids probably plan on doing trying to live with me as long as she can so she can pay her bills. You don't want her to move out, do you? <laughs> she she's got till twenty three. That's the rules. Oh, okay. But then again, I have a wife that'll probably change those rules if need be. Yeah, she's definitely got veto power. <laughs> she's yep definitely. Uh, so there are many ways to start making those sacrifices, but start doing it now. You know uh, this is something we talk about in a lot of our. Our, our podcast is it's about budgeting it's about making those cuts so you can do it absolutely start now it seems less painful later right <laughs> so we'll move on to step five and that would be to apply every raise and tax refund towards your student loans oh my god that sounds so fun doesn't it it really does because that's exactly what everybody wants to do with their tax check so aside from your tax check though like when you're growing in your career and getting promotions that extra income you can put it towards your student loans and use that boost to make progress and paying it off quicker Um, same for the tax refund though like many people They take that money, they buy a new TV, new furniture, and if you really want to treat yourself, you should put it towards your student loan. That way you're not still paying for it. Wow, that sounds so fun, right? (laughs) I got a raise. I'm going to pay off my student loan. But this goes back to balance and moderation. You know, if if you do get the raise and you do get the tax refund, you don't have to spend it all on that, but it's a good place to put some of it, right? It needs to be in there and say, okay, I've got extra money. It needs to go down to paying debt. And mm-hmm. one of the debts you want to pay down and focuses on is that education loan debt because 
it can, we know, I know people that have had it for over 20 years. I mean, that's a long time to be paying on a debt. And of any inter- kind. Of any kind, right? Uh, the only one we ever see like that usually is a mortgage. Right. So, yeah. Uh, you know, your future self will thank you. Okay? So, step six is you need to look into payment, help, or forgiveness. It's worth looking into uh, different payment options out there. They're available a lot of times based on your income. So sort of when you first get out of college, mm-hmm. if your income's not as high as it as you plan on it being, you can set up income-based repayments. Cool. Which uh, would be helpful because you're still paying on it and you're not just... Yes. And I, I think it is a good tool. The thing I see a lot of times, though, is I see young people that get hooked on that low payment because uh-huh. it's a low payment and they don't ever want to increase it and right. once again the reminder is pay more than your minimum payment yeah the interest is still accruing yeah. yes um so you know when it comes to you know loan forgiveness or that sort of thing there's different different items out there mm-hmm. uh, and it's important that you're looking into those not everybody gets loan forgiveness right well another option that they could consider um is the student loan forgiveness option um for federal student loans and according to student aid gov if you are employed by government or a not-for-profit organization you may be able to receive loan forgiveness under the public service loan forgiveness program um, some states may even offer a different loan forgiveness option and some jobs offer also offer incentives and money to pay toward your student loans as a signing bonus right there's a lot of um, a lot, lot of careers out there where they you can do this uh, what's important the, the ones that they usually are might be teachers, mm-hmm. social workers, so where you're basically you're you're giving back to society. Uh, it a lot of times it used to be with education you had to teach in a certain district, a low income district. It's not the same anymore. With a lot of these, it comes down to you've got to do this. You've got to teach. You got to be in the job for ten years though to get the loan forgiveness. But you have to also be paying on your loans during that time. You have a certain amount that you need to pay in order to qualify for this. So make sure you're, 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 this is where, you know, we're sort of back to step one of like getting everything in order. Right. So do all your research on this. Uh, an example of a state loan repayment program is the Indiana Healthcare Professional Recruitment and Retention Fund program that provides loan repayments for students' loans incurred by healthcare professionals too. So you've got that going on. We'll post a link to that. Uh, learn more on social media pages. So stay tuned. Uh, it'll be at www.n.gov health cdpc state loan repayment program right great tip jamie especially for those that are going into government not-for-profit healthcare sectors so we'll switch to step seven we get a lot of steps so at this point we're going to talk about refinancing loans if it makes sense it's not for everyone but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't look into this as an option Um, when you refinance you're going to take all of your loans federal and private to one lender who will pay them off, and then the goal of this is to secure a better rate and a better payment term. Right, and it's very important as we went through all these steps here, especially like the last one, if you're gonna do loan forgiveness, you need to make sure you read all of the different things before you decide to refinance. Mm -hmm. Refinance may be an option. Some people think it's a great option, but you need to make sure it's the right option for you. So meet with somebody and talk to them. The idea of cutting your interest rate is a great idea. Uh, But if you switch from a federal loan to a private loan company there might be different terms there so make sure you're paying attention to that um, you got you just got to do the homework it's really important for that uh, and, and that's really what it's all about and number eight I like number eight number eight is a great step step 
perfect for you. It's, it's well, yeah, number eight. It's my, it's my number, you know. Right. Have right. I told you that? It's my number? I think Guys, you, you might have mentioned mine? it. You know, so these are a lot of steps of things you need to do. But number eight's pretty easy. Stay motivated. Uh, just keep keep paying what you can. When you can, pay a little bit more if you can, you know, because student debt can be hard, right? It can, and it doesn't just disappear because no, you graduate. There's no magic wand. There's, no. there's very few magic wands out there. No. So uh, get ahead of the game and, and, and start planning now. Um, and we're at the point of re, repaying right now. I think part of the step before that would be to try to limit them as much as possible. Right. So let's uh, let's go ahead, Nicole. Yeah, I, that, that planning that you're discussing, Jamie, it really will make a loan a difference. So eight steps for A load of difference or a loan of difference? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a horse that, of a different color. That's a dad joke. That's a dad joke. I know. She dad rips me on dad jokes all the time. Sorry. So, step one, make sure your contact information is up to date. Step two, verify when your deferment period ends and mark it on your calendar. Step three, pay more than the minimum payment, if you can. Step four, differentiate between needs and wants. Step five, apply extra income earned or tax refunds towards students' loans, if you can. Step six, look into loan forgiveness programs and see if your career sector qualifies you. Step seven, refinance if it makes sense. And step eight, like anything else, stay motivated. I mean, sometimes it's hard to with this, but stay motivated. Get that paid off. You're going to feel so much better. You're going to be able to put that money towards something else you really like. And just in case this information is overloaded, just remember that we are here to help. and are available for one-on-one appointments to help out. Carpe Dime is presented by Financial Center First Credit Union and is produced by me, Jamie Davidson, and Nicole Jackson. Financial Center is a seven-time national award winner in the category of adult financial literacy, and our goal is to what, Jamie? Help improve your financial life. To learn more, visit fcfcu.com. Like what you hear? Subscribe from Google, iTunes, SoundCloud, and the All Indiana Podcast Network and Spotify. And don't forget Spotify. Thank you. And Nicole, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Have a great day.